0: The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Michelle.
1: And I'm Marie.
0: And joining us this week, he's been with us every week, really, for the last couple of years. Just he's never had much to say. We keep him in the corner. Rick, man, how's it going?
2: Uh, Thanks for pulling all the laundry off of me. I have so many thoughts, things that I want to talk (laughs) about from way back in episode 123 when Carlos... (laughs)
0: No. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> oh, Rick, it's good to have you here, man. It's good to have you here on the Tumbling Saber podcast. It's uh it's been a while since we actually got a chance to talk. We talk all the time on social media, but uh face to well, face to faces, so to speak. It's been it's been a good long while. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: you know, my voicemails have been getting progressively longer and longer, and
0: I'm glad you finally <laughs> took the hint. <laughs> It's when I've we just decided to put
3: you on live and and allow you to to record your voicemails like with us in person in person. I just extend, in person?
0: I extend the boom arm on my on my mic stand over to Rick in the corner. Speak. <laughs> Say your voicemail now.
2: I'm just, hey, I'm just happy to uh, be able to see a neon light.
0: <laughs> the one that says live nudes? Don't talk about that, Rick. My defective. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought I was the live nude. I
2: just lived under the uh, under the laundry. Hey, don't. <laughs> and
4: my,
3: we, we mean noodles like ramen noodles or oh, I... soba noodles, because this is a family show.
0: Right, it is family show. Soba noodles are so underrated. They really are though. Like nobody like, talks about soba noodles. Like there yeah, should be a, sure. a, a global conversation about the soba noodle. It's just it's not getting enough love. I talk about the soba noodle a
3: lot. Um if you would like to know a lot about soba noodles and you also like reality TV and uh Netflix <laughs> oh. also uh <laughs> podcasts. Uh I run a, a new podcast called Terrace Out about Terrace House which is a r- really cool g- Japanese reality show, and um, uh, opening new doors, they do talk a lot about Soba, because one of the girls, her dad has a Soba restaurant. This is nothing to do with Star Wars, but if you want to know about Soba Noodles, watch Terra's
0: house. Soba Noodles is a good Star Wars name, though. Like, that could fly.
3: Really? Like a noodle monster?
0: (laughs) The Soba Noodle Monster. (laughs) I think that was, like, the fifth fifth band member at uh, Jobs Palace. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I
0: I I, hear, I heard a rumor that they wanted to call the Zillow Beast the Soba Monster.
3: Oh my god, are you serious?
0: <laughs> no, but Michelle, I have to give you, that was a, like, that, that none of this was planned. That was a great segue. Like, you just went right in there. That was awesome.
3: I'm really good at this, guys. It's almost like it was my
0: job. It, have you, ha- has your podcast launched?
3: No, not yet.
0: We're recording <laughs> our
3: first episode.
1: <laughs>
0: Next week? Or no, the first week of February.
3: Guys, it's really hard when, like, your friends are also on your podcast and they're also, like, moving and, like, you're trying to, like, plan a time to record Well, that's
0: why you keep them in the corner of the room and you give them the mic only when you need them. I know. Damn it. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, we do have a lot of Star Wars to talk about. Like, it was a pretty crazy week. Like, we... We got to digest some of Colin Trevorrow's ideas for Rise of Skywalker. Uh, We got a delay in the Kenobi series, apparently, which costs us nothing. Um, Knights of the Old Republic, that rumor is back. And I don't even think that's it. That's it. I think there's probably more of these rumors and reports.
3: I also also haven't been on here since that new Galaxy's Edge ride, Rise of the Resistance launched and... I had two friends, or no, actually three friends who went on it, um, and they said it was rad. And um, I have a lot of scoop on that ride, so if you want to know like certain things that are like, I can I can also not do a non spoilery <laughs> review because I've been told the spoilery content of this ride, so I can like review it without spoiling it. The important parts.
0: Anyway. No, because every time we talk but, um, about Galaxy's Edge, I get angry because I it's going to be so long before I get there. So I just I, pre- yeah. almost, well, I pretend the it doesn't one exist. one
3: thing that I'm going to say then why don't why don't I just say this one thing about the Rise of the Resistance ride? This isn't like this is like I mean it's a mild spoiler in that there is you're going to go through this room but it's just a room, like, nothing happens in it, so, um, I guess it's also a spoiler, <laughs> that's not a but good description. but it's a very huge, it's a huge-ass room that has, like, 15-foot ceilings where all of the, like, stormtroopers are just, like, lined up, and it's, like, an air, it's, like, a hangar, so it's, like, kind of, like, where the, um, I'm yelling right now, it's kind of, like, a, like where all the fighter, like, the TIE fighters and all of them, like, all of just any sort of ship Hangar, but it's just like 15 foot ceilings, and then you just see like just a whole platoon of like star, tro- uh, stormtroopers just like there. And you can take photos in there, it's like part of where you wait to get on the ride part of it. Um, but it's like I heard that that room is insane, and you can take photos in there, and it's just like crazy because it makes you feel like you're in. The movie or like on a set, like it's insane. like I've seen
0: a couple of low quality videos, crazy. but it it looks incredible.
3: Like it they said, it's like you're on the destroyer or anything. Like you're just on it. Like it's it's wild. They said it's crazy, and it's the, when you go on the ride too. They said it's like the best ride they've ever been on. Like everyone just raves about it. They said it's amazing. That's so, so cool,
0: Marie. Um, I want to I want to get Marie. I'm I have been wanting to ask Marie for a while. How is our resident trivia monster going?
1: Um, so, I did trivia last night. And I played some 501st members, which was really fun. So, I'm kind of infiltrating the 501st right now. Um, and we won.
0: Of course you won.
1: It was awesome. It was close, but... Out of 60 questions, we only missed
0: four. That's not bad. So. So what is it like? I mean, do you have to be proactive in studying or do you only start studying? Like, do you get tip-offs as to like, okay, I know I have to study for this, this and that. Or do you just dive into a certain part of Star Wars and just devour?
1: Hmm. It kind of depends. Um. I do have a notebook with a whole bunch of questions in it that I study and I will get a wild hair and we'll look up something on Wikipedia and then we'll create questions from that article. Um, And then of course, when I go to a trivia contest and there's a question that I don't know the answer to and then i'm like i'll never forget that
0: oh yeah I, yeah i totally hear that like once once a yeah i when you hear the answer of a question you just don't quite know it's like you son of a bitch i'm never going to let you go <laughs> it's like you just yeah. shackle that answer to your to a post in your brain and that's it it's never leaving yeah awesome. so
1: that's how i feel about those questions that we missed last night i'm like okay i got it now oh and i um so I was saying infiltrating the 501st. Um, I helped out at a troop on last Saturday. I, at the Lego Brick Fair, and um, I helped with, I, they did Blast a Trooper. So for a donation to Make-A-Wish, you got a cup of darts to nerf darts to shoot at stormtroopers. And I help take money and invite people to participate and pick darts off the floor for eight hours.
0: Ouch. The back. The back pain. I feel it.
1: My back hurts <laughs> so bad. It's ridiculous. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> I you know what? As a as a dad of a boy and actually, you know what? I'm a I'm I'm just a forty two year old boy. I like to shoot dart guns all over the place too. My son adores them. And uh yeah, I'm always picking up Nerf darts all over the house. They're everywhere.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, you know what I got? He'll never hear this until it's maybe until he's much older. But I got I found I got my son the uh the Mandalorian's sort of wrist bracelet thingy with the whistling birds. Oh, nice. But, oh, cool. but it shoots Nerf darts. Cuz my son is crazy right now for Mandalorian. Crazy about it. And he just loves that show to death. He loves the character. He loves Baby Yoda. All he wants to do is just like wear Mando outfits and draw Mando pictures. And we went out on a, a hunting today for, I have a, a Mandalorian Funko. My son wants it so badly. And I'm like, buddy, it's, just, it's part of the collection. You can't have it. <laughs> it's, it's off limits. I give him all, all kinds of other stuff I for my collection to play with. This one you can't touch. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to go out today and look for it. And we drove around for like three hours hitting man like six or seven different stores nothing zero he was so disappointed but uh yeah he i made up for it in other ways but yeah he's going to be Aww. he's going to be thrilled on his birthday cuz i'm i'm hanging on to that mando nerf wristlet thing for his birthday it's going to be great That's
4: so cool unless i decide he's to keep it for myself that.
0: which is
4: <laughs> which is
0: possible i don't know it's pretty cool <laughs> rick how's it going man how was uh, how's How's your week in Star Wars? How's Isaac? How's everything going?
2: Uh, Everything's actually going pretty well. Isaac was sick earlier in the week and missed a couple of days of school. But, um, you know.
0: They bounce back. Kids are
2: kids. Yeah, he bounced back. And, yeah, I mean, he woke up yesterday and he was like, hey, guess what? I'm not sick anymore. I was like, cool. And I was like, he he just decided overnight or something. Um, (laughs) But, uh, no, our our week in Star Wars here has been um, acquired a couple of things. You know, nothing uh, nothing crazy. I I found a very, very inexpensive copy of um what was it Heir to the Jedi? No.
0: <laughs> That's the one you I did post in the it. Facebook
2: group. Is, is it yeah, no, you know that book, I see that book on eBay. I've seen it for so long. Yeah, don't laugh, Kyle. You know you know what I said in the group. We're not gonna say that here. Um <laughs> the, <laughs> that book as being one of the first few of the new canon is when it does pop up on the, on, on the auction sites and stuff, it can get pretty expensive. And I found my copy for $9 and I think it was like $4 to ship it. So, nice. you know, yeah. And I mean, that's like, that's my collecting is, is stuff in print. So, you know, I, I managed to snag that. I got that early in the week and I'm glad I have it. Cause like that Tarkin and a new Dawn are usually like the most expensive hardcovers. So now I have all three of those and I can move on to finishing up, you know, the last maybe six or seven books that I need. Um, and today um, Isaac and I went out to, uh, you know, get some haircuts and freshen up and and we went into a target and he's real big into Pokemon and Bakugan right now. So while he was on one side of the aisle looking for his stuff, I'm like, well, I'm going to go check these black series figures and see what's what. And I haven't had any luck lately And in the main aisle, you know, there were some rays and a couple of awful jawas. And I found um, there was a second sister there uh, from Fallen Order. And I was like, oh, wow, this is great. So I picked it up and I'm like, all right, I'm going to we're going to pay for this. And we went into a different aisle and they had an end cap set up away from the toy section. And from about 50 feet away, there was just this shining light filled my vision and sitting On the shelf, not even on a hook, sitting on the shelf, was a Black Series Mandalorian. And I scooped him up in the wild and uh, put the second sister down. And (laughs) now (laughs) now I have a Black Series Mandalorian, and I am
0: so stoked. I still, I say it every week, I still have not seen a Mando Black Series on the pegs anywhere.
2: It was weird because the entire Force Friday wave was there, but scattered in different sections. So and this was the only was the only mando that was there. It's a you know it's a black box mando and I am I oh, was so stoked that I found it there.
0: Apparently more are coming in I think March some point in March which will ease things. I know they'll come if I just stay patient, they'll come. But I actually jumped into the eBay listings this weekend to look looking for a carbonized mando. And some of them I mean, I know that at this point, none of those are going to pop up on the radar. Like, it's not going to happen. So if I want it, I'm going to have to pay to get one. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just see what happens. So I threw down a a, a bid of like 45, I think, was my highest. And I just wanted to see if it would come in. And it hung in there. Like, I, I, got, yeah, I got the alert like with three hours left that I'd been outbid. I don't know where it finished, but. It's somewhere in that neighborhood of probably $50, $55 is probably what it takes to get one of those, which is double the price, so... Uh, I don't know. I really want that figure, though. It's so nice.
2: It does look very nice up close, Kyle. I just want to... just going to go ahead and say that out loud.
1: <laughs> Quick right. question. Have you noticed oh. at your target that there are a re- ridiculous number of black series Molochs?
2: yes we went to two different targets today and the first one we went to no exaggeration there had to be maybe 30 of them because there were Molochs at each of three different locations in the store
1: is that not bizarre
2: it what strikes me is that they're not clearance. And I know it's usually like a regional thing. Like when, when they said I worked retail for a long time. So when they set prices, it's very rarely just at the store level, it's usually like a regional thing or a district thing. So the fact that there were so many stacked up on these shelves and the price had not dropped, I know in St. Louis, they dropped and they went down to like five or six bucks, but up here, you know, in and around Chicago, they're all full price still. They're 30 bucks. It's crazy.
0: For a while, that figure was really tough to find. Like, people were going crazy looking for Moloch for a while, and then a bunch more inventory hit the hit the uh, shelves. And I don't I don't see them often, but uh, up here in Canada we have uh, EB Games, which is I think sort of like GameStop for you guys. Is it GameSpot or GameStop? Stop. So same story. They may, I mean, they may even have same ownership, for all I know. But yeah, like they, they EB Games has what they call Five Dollar Fridays. And I think Corey may have scored a Moloch for five bucks Black Series at, at EB Games. Which is just wow. nuts. But yeah, I don't see that figure yeah. anymore. Uh all right. Well, enough of that. Let's um let's jump into the news that actually counts. So finally we <laughs> got treated to thank God. It we knew it was coming, but a Clone Wars trailer.
4: <laughs>
0: Glorious. Woo! Friday, February twenty first. That's that's you know that's uh, well under a month away. So it's it's coming quick, and um, you know I'm I'm so excited for this series. Like I really am. And it was just
1: me it, too.
0: It was snatched away so suddenly, like when Disney took over, and it was like, okay, and this is done. We're like, mm-hmm. what do you mean it's done? You can't end a series like this with Ahsoka walking off. Yeah. That, that, was that was that the final episode?
2: Yeah, that, that was the end of okay season five and b- before the lost missions was uh was released
0: yeah and it was like that this is how we end this series with ahsoka leaving it was just, it, it felt so bittersweet because yes you know disney taking over and that only means more star wars is coming but why did you have to kill this anyway
4: yeah.
0: it's great that um you know it's, it's great that it's going to get the ending that it finally deserves but Like, it was so great to get this trailer, right? Like, and for a couple days, maybe a couple hours at least, it seemed to be the thing, like this common denominator that everybody in fandom could rally around. And Discord, in that trash heap called Twitter, was gone. (laughs) It was, it was, it was, people were happy for a couple of hours, right?
2: (laughs) It didn't, it didn't last very long, let's be real.
0: (laughs) No, it really didn't. Like, it was. Nothing
3: lasts long on Twitter.
0: God, what a trash heap. (laughs) Like I don't I don't know some someday some some academic is going to do a study on fandom behaviors on social media maybe it's I'm already been done. Pretty sure but
3: there are some.
0: <laughs> maybe maybe they should do Star Wars in particular because it's it is just such a weird time and place to be a part of these things. But petitions and entitlement and tantrums. Ugh, God, yeah. it's just so gross. But you know, without it, let's be honest, like. We don't. The four of us don't know each other, and you yep. know, our, our greater community—like it's—it's—it do, it doesn't happen. So, it's—it's it's this blessing in disguise, I guess. But, yeah, it—it it was at the end of the day great to get the trailer. But, uh, so we're gonna get twelve episodes, three arcs that I know of, uh, starting with the Bad Batch, uh, and then ah, Ahsoka on Coruscant after leaving the Jedi Order, and then they're gonna wrap it all up with the Siege of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess the, the I think the best way to talk about this, rather than do the the play by play frame by frame breakdown, is just to pick pick something from the trailer, uh, something you like that you're excited for, um, a question you have, anything noteworthy in your mind about the trailer, and and we'll go from there. So, uh, Michelle, why don't you uh, kick us off? Where, where are you going?
3: Mm, I'm like, where should I start? <laughs>
0: um.
3: I, well, obviously I'm really excited about Ahsoka period, but, um, I'm also very excited about, uh, Maul versus Ahsoka because Ray Park is doing motion capture, yes. uh, for, um uh, Maul in this series again. Um, so, that's going to be really cool to see. It's going to make mall so much more real.
0: Yeah, it's going to um, give us it it should look like the mall that we're used to from Phantom Menace specifically.
3: Exactly. It's going
0: to be great. Yeah.
3: And I mean we already know what's going to happen uh with them because like they're both in rebels and like we know like you know what ends up happening when that fight, but I think it'll just be really cool to see um
0: yeah. That's one thing, uh, Marie. What's what's uh, what's on the front burner for you?
1: Well, I really like the the Bad Batch arc with Anaxes and Admiral Trench is back, and he's a spider, so I love him. Um, <laughs> I think great. he's still my cover photo on Facebook.
3: Oh my god, I love that.
1: <laughs> um, so I love me some Admiral Trent. I'm making
0: a note of that just um, in case. You know, it might come in handy one day.
1: <laughs> so I'm really excited to get more of him. Um, and the uh, and that's just I've found that whole arc really fascinating, and it'll be nice to see it rather than that weird, unfinished. Choppy
4: funky the, the animatics, stuff.
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Instead of watching it like that, seeing it finished will be really cool. Um, yeah. So that that'd be my first thing that I I'm excited about.
0: Well I I I keep feeling like Trench died like a half dozen times, but it's it's not. He only died <laughs> at well, I, I thought he died <laughs> once. You know, when he got when uh so Anakin shoved those torpedoes up his up up the rear end of his ship, and then yeah. he, he came back with the cybernetic implants and all that stuff. Um, and I, I thought he died again after that, though.
2: That's the same thing my son said. He was like, "But he died, didn't he?" I'm like, "Apparently not."
0: <laughs> Maybe some fans <laughs> petitioned to get to get him back. You know, get him back. I was supp- I was really surprised to see him back. But he he is a cool villain. There's no question. Uh, do we yeah. know? Uh, did they just like take the Bad Batch animatics episodes and just finish that, or did they kind of rework them? Do we do we know anything about that?
1: I, well, those episodes are canon. So those unfinished episodes.
0: Yeah, that's true, right? They were they were confirmed to sort of be canon.
1: Yeah, I guess they so just finished them. That's what would make the most sense because otherwise you'd have two conflicting storylines
0: yeah well unless i mean i guess unless they just came out and said like look the the because i think the only way to really watch those episodes before was to i guess they were on youtube but you could also they go to star wars. wars yeah yeah which i mean you'd have you'd have to be a a, a fan to go get that go get those episodes which of course i'm sure we all did but if they said, you know, now these this new, uh, this new arc supersedes that, I, I don't know. Would that lead to a lot of confusion? I don't know.
1: Yeah, it may not be that big a deal if they did
0: that. But the Bad Batch are cool, though. Yeah. They're really cool. I can't wait to see them finished and in action. Um, what about you, Rick?
2: Um, I'm the oddball here. I have not seen those animatics. For whatever reason, I stayed away from them. So I don't know anything about them except for yesterday I was doing a little bit of reading about uh, clone trooper, Jesse, who Moss appears to be, he's still using the force on him some way, maybe to extract information or maybe trigger the chip in his head. I don't know. Um, and I kind of wanted to know specifically what he was about. He's the one that has like the big imperial cog tattooed on his face. Um, <laughs> and no going uh, back in there, Jesse. Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, no, no, no regerts. And, um, but I uh, know so I was reading up on him and in the in the write up on Wikipedia it goes into some of the stuff that's gonna be in the Bad Batch. Um I don't remember. I read it very early yesterday in the morning. I was barely awake, so I don't really remember all of it. But uh yeah, no, I don't know anything about what to expect from the Bad Batch except for little images here and there. But the one thing that struck me from the trailer more than anything else was Kevin Kiner's music.
1: Oh my gosh, yes.
2: Yeah, that music—it's—it's it's, the the guy has a mastery for taking familiar sonic themes and repurposing them in a way that carries so much more cinematic depth. For an for animation, it's crazy. Um, but there's there's so much as that music kind of wells up um, as as the trailer progresses, and I'm I'm anxious to hear what kind of work he's going to be doing. In these episodes, because his music has always been top notch.
0: Absolutely, I was I I have the a vinyl of the Clone Wars soundtrack, and I found it for like eight bucks, and it was just I still feel like it was one of the top three finds I've ever had, and that and finding it's so good. I found I uh, Tom Petty's greatest hits for like three bucks. I think that is probably the best thing I've ever bought (laughs) at at that (laughs) price. Um. Yeah, you know, you know what I like, like about, uh, like you know, with the Mandalorian, you know, we're kind of looking backwards at the the history and the lore of the Mandalorians, and now in this episode, or in this final season, we're going to get the Siege of Mandalore, and it, it just feels like there's this coming together of different pieces of the galaxy, and just the timing of it, right? Like, we just got finished with season one of Mando, season two is like nine or ten months away. And this we're gonna have this Clone War thing like kinda sitting in between and Bo Katan's back. It just feels like this bridge piece of content that's gonna just connect so many dots. And I I love I love that kind of thing in Star Wars. So I'm super oh, yeah. super excited for that. And you know, Katie Sackoff is obviously back in in season seven. And I still think she's back for season two of the Mando. So this this could be Katie Sackhoff's year. And I hope it is, because she's awesome. You're going to be both. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, Michelle, back to you.
4: Um, okay.
3: <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, what else can I talk about? Um. um pregnant Padme. yes that was like very interesting because i think um well angry anakin is always interesting but um pregnant padme because like i thought you know the opening of revenge of the sith is when we know that she tells anakin that she's pregnant right yep and then but then in that sequence she's wearing the clothes that she died in right so she's not wearing the same thing she wore when she told him that she was pregnant so like it has to have but he clearly but you she's clearly pregnant in that like sequence you know and she's wearing the clothes that she died in, supposedly. Or, well, no, she did. She is wearing the clothes that she died in. That the like what she's wearing. So it's like interesting to, yeah, to see where that timing is of that oh. where that when that must have happened.
0: Yeah, that, that was one of the things we're all talking about. Like, time. what is the timing of this season? Like, we, obviously, yeah. with Siege of Mandalore, we know that there's overlap with Revenge of the Sith, but like where how does this line up so my my head can and i don't know it's
3: it's between like because in that in that scene like she's holding her stomach and what she's wearing in that scene is literally the outfit that she dies in in that film so like she so in that sequence like it's already he already knows that she's pregnant so it has to have been after that opening sequence of Revenge of the Sith the film because that's when she tells him that she's pregnant he doesn't know until that scene yeah so like that in, in this in Clone Wars has to have hap- is overlapped over the movie of some
0: of some point like that that so seems to be like it's the- very specific timeline but you know, like, I, uh, I, I thought that she didn't look that pregnant. Like she's clearly pregnant. Yeah. But like she's not like eight months pregnant with twins. Pregnant like that to me looked like right. she's just starting to show. And in Revenge, Revenge the of the Sith, she's, she's like...
3: wearing is the is is the outfit she's wearing when she's when she dies. It's the same outfit.
0: Yeah. No, I know. It's it's it. Maybe she has like one maternity outfit or the same one just twenty times. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, she's not going to have handmaidens but she's around. Like a
1: princess.
3: Like she's not. She's not going to be wearing the same thing over and over again. Well,
0: that's uh, well. Yeah. Remember, we're like Queen Shadow, right? Like we we got a huge dose of like the handmaidens True. and how they sort of follow her around, and she's got like cases and cases of uh, of formal gear and formal wear and this type of clothes and that and that and that. There's yeah. No handmaidens yeah. at so all. So really. would she be repeating the outfit? So. I, maybe she just doesn't do laundry without her handmaidens around because it it. it I don't know how many handmaidens are there in Revenge of the Sith. I don't remember seeing too many. I don't think she's
3: that incapable. I mean, if you're pregnant, (laughs) you want to be changing your clothes. Like, there are certain things that happen when you're pregnant. Like, you pee a lot. And you don't always have control over your bladder and things like that. So, I really doubt that she's going to be wearing... Close all, but then again, if you think about Star Wars, they never really think about women, so like they probably wouldn't think about that. So. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> Pro- I'm probably overthinking, I'm so, probably giving them way too much credit.
4: <laughs> you know, I, I can, but I'm I can just say saying, b- like,
2: before my pregnant. son was born, I before my son was born, I, I peed all the time. It was, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was the,
3: only, the only way I- I'm just saying, people don't do. Th- People do things for a reason and people like put characters in certain outfits for a reason. And yeah. that outfit that she dies in is pretty obvious. So I don't think they would put her in that outfit in that scene for no reason. Yeah, you know what I mean?
0: Definitely. I mean, like, that's, that's the scene that's messed, messed with, with us all. It. It all would, like... just, they would put her in outfit. but yeah, like, it
3: it's make pretty a... iconic that she dies in. <laughs>
0: We're, we're all kind of like, what's going on with that outfit? Like, we don't we. We're still trying to figure it out. Like, I have this. Yeah. I have. I, I wonder if. And I, I my guess, because this. I mean, I think the consensus is that somehow this is mixed into Revenge of the Sith somehow, somewhere. But I'm also thinking that it's possible that this that scene is during the Bad Batch arc, which might be, well before, like months before Revenge of the Sith. Like, I'm thinking there might be a time a time jump somewhere. So she's just wearing the same clothes for some reason um and then there's a skip ahead because i can't get my head around the like did the animation team whiff because i can't get my head around how not big time pregnant she looks yeah and then like when you think of her in that outfit in revenge of the sith by the time she's wearing that outfit like it's all gone to hell everything's order 66 has happened it's it's Not good news at that point, and him and Padme and Anakin seem like pretty calm and at peace with things.
3: Yeah, that scene.
0: I don't know. It's 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 a head scratcher for sure. Like, but I'm I'm thinking if I had to reach, I would think that's but well before, and Anakin's just clueless. Like he's just he's a big dummy. He just doesn't realize that
3: she's clearly pregnant. Yeah, like she's she's pregnant and she's holding her stomach like yeah i I mean natalie portman didn't really carry that heavy really anyway in the movie they didn't have her look super pregnant
0: well i mean i guess she's wearing a big tent tent, right the the first time we see her she's wearing a huge tent
3: oh yeah the blue one when they meet in the shadows Uh,
0: I'm trying I'm looking I'm flipping through the making of Re- but, Revenge of the Sith right now just trying to find
3: in the khaki shirt she doesn't look that pregnant
2: I was I looked at images from uh, there's like a production with still from Revenge one, of the Sith looks, right. in in the in the khaki outfit with like the cross strap on the front and then what's animated it looks like 98% the same the only thing that seems different to me is in the actual costume that she wore, there's some kind of an insignia that's on her I guess like near her bicep on the sleeve. But then in the animation, that insignia looks to be more on the back of her wrist or her hand. But that's the only thing that looks different, is whatever that sleeve piece is. Everything else and it's kinda of hard to say because or hard to see because in, in Clone Wars it's it's in a profile. But it does, it mm-hmm. looks Almost exactly the same. There's got to be some kind of overlap with the movie and the series because of Mace Windu's and Yoda's lines. Yeah, those lines are taken. Those lines are taken directly yeah. from the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Exactly.
3: So, that too. Ahsoka's lines and Mace. Ahsoka says lines that Mace has said in the movie.
2: Right.
0: Word for word. Yeah, she said, yeah, uh, she, at some point she says we're keepers of the peace, not soldiers, or we were trained to be. Yeah, keepers. we were
3: trained to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers. That's from uh, episode then, two, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's another one, she says, as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, interesting uh. stuff. I'm, I am love that. I love that. we're Look at the things we argue about. <laughs> uh. It's so silly, but it's so fun. But yeah, I I I don't know. I guess we'll find out in in a month because I th- I'm pretty sure bad batch is what kicks it all off. Um yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, also, I mean, um the Ahsoka novel, right? There's the um mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it overlaps with EK Johnston's
0: um the prologue novel. to that book. Yeah. is is uh Siege of Mandalore. So I I wonder if they're going to overwrite that.
1: Well, I remember so I've been to a couple panels that E.K. Johnston has been on, and she said that she gave very, she was given very, very specific guidelines for how to write that prologue, that she was not allowed to do certain things. And she wasn't so much told why, but this is why.
0: Yeah, it has to
3: be. I've also heard that from um, Cecil Castellucci, who I t- who wrote a Princess Leia novel. I think she wrote Moving Target. And I took a workshop with her in L.A. for writing. And she was talking about when she worked writing that book and um, they tell you basically what you can and can't do, but they don't like really explain why they just like basically <laughs> navigate you towards what you cannot write. Like it's, it's so bizarre, but basically it's kind of like what Marie just said. It's like, I can confirm that they, that's basically what they do is like, they kind of give you these guidelines and then they tell you what you can't do. And like, then what, what? they, like, approve what you do okay. And they say, like, oh, you can keep this. And then they just tell you what you can't do, and, like, you have to rewrite it. And they're like, this, you have to rewrite. It. And, like, this, you can't do. And they'll, like, shepherd you into, like, the, you know, yeah, thing. The,
0: yeah, they're, yeah. They're, I guess they kind of push you or nudge you to the finish line, I guess.
3: Yeah, basically. Well, and then, but they never explain why.
2: We know they're very protective of Ahsoka anyway. Cause that's Dave Filoni's baby. You know, he, it seems like he's the one that approves whatever story beats are, are put up for her. Mm -hmm. But when you hear it about, when you hear it about other characters, it's almost kind of like, Hmm, you know, like I wonder why, you know, things are off limits or story beats are off limits.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just screams to me that, well, there's, there's a plan for this in the future or, you know, Maybe that maybe there's no concrete plan, but we're gonna do something with that character at some point. So let's just steer clear. I hope I hope we
2: get some more meeber Gascon.
0: You know what's funny? Like, it's, I I don't want to derail the show, but <laughs> <laughs> characters like Mieper Gascon, uh, Yoda for that matter, uh, Babu Frick, there's the, the 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 craps dealer at Canto Bite. These are little tiny guys like. One two feet tall tops. I want to see their the size of their blasters. You know, every every, every blaster has been like sized for a human. But like, why didn't we see meeber He he has he has to have a blaster. How big is this thing? It must be the cutest little blaster in the history of the galaxy. I want to see it's it. that. It's, it's that. It's the uh,
2: what is it? The, the cricket from uh, Men in Black.
1: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: It's got to be like one of those like 50 cent water pistols that hold like three squirts of water <laughs> that you buy at the dollar store. <laughs> it's got to be tiny. And we, we've we been neglected. We've been robbed of this type of of, of cannon information. <laughs> I mean, we know that you all just got Truth. like a miniaturized lightsaber. Yeah. There have to be miniature blasters and I want to see them.
3: Oh my God, I need to see that. <laughs> Babu Frick and his miniature blaster? Like, literally? (laughs) I need a mini-series about that. Please.
2: Thank you. Kyle, why did you just do this to my brain? You're the worst. I need a
3: mini-series. I need a mini-series. Disney Disney Plus, give us the mini-series of Babu Frick and his mini-blaster.
2: It's going to be hosted by Adam Savage.
0: (laughs) 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 For sure. That'd be awesome. The
3: adventures of Babu Frick and his mini-blaster. It'd be posted great if he, by
0: Adam Sapp. You know what'd be even cuter is if he had a rifle, because it would be like a little miniature hockey stick. But for him, it would be like this bazooka, and I would be all in, <laughs> all in. Uh, all right, I, back on track. Uh, Marie, what's what's something else that you want to talk about?
1: Um. Well, I had on my list the music, and I had on my list the Anakin and Padme hologram hand touch. Um. So both of those were on my list. But my other thing that I had was, um, is Darth Maul in on Sidious's plan?
0: That is a great question. And I'm,
2: i i think... He knew. Maul, Maul knew. He says something in uh, yeah. season yeah. five. He, okay. he, allu- he says something that alludes to he- that he knows that Order 66 is a thing without saying as much.
3: Okay.
0: The you're I think you're and right. Speaking I... of Order sixty six
3: We find out about uh how Ahsoka escaped it probably in this. Which will be really like, fun.
0: That will be oh that would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean that all that all overlaps with um Or uh the uh, the Siege of Mandalore arc.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, there's that shot of Ahsoka. She's on the bridge of a Star Destroyer and she kind of like staggers and grabs her head. It's a it's very reminded me of the reaction that Yoda had when Order 66 went down. And I just wonder Mm. if that's the moment of Order 66 and she feels something happen.
1: Man, the timeline of this show is messing with my head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure as as like a trivia junkie, that's it's going to drive you mad. Until you see it, yes.
1: Oh my gosh! I mean, I'm uh, don't get me wrong. I love the fact that they're fleshing this out and connecting everything. I just, like you said, I need to see it
0: for sure. I and this has been way too long. Like we, this is content that we've been dying for, specifically Siege of Mandalore, and this this is the best time to get it. Um, you know, you know what the dead giveaway for me was uh, in terms of like, yes, I think Maul does know it was the way that the the trailer was edited. And I think he says uh, it's all part of the plan, the plan. And then yeah. the following images is uh, the, that staggered Ahsoka image where she grabs her head that I that I mentioned, but then it cuts to angry Anakin <clears throat> and it says uh, and then it goes back to Maul saying everything is about to change. So I mean, the way that's cut together, that sequence of of dialogue and images, that to me alludes to the fact that Maul probably did know the whole thing. Either that, or he's just chest thumping and he thinks he's the guy, right? He's the one that's gonna take over Mandalore, and he's the one that's gonna unseat Sidious and be the guy to take over the galaxy. It's, it'd be interesting. It'd be very Maul to think he's the, he's gonna be the guy to take over. Anyway, Rick, what if what else you got?
2: One of the things that I that I really liked is something that they've touched on before in the show, um, kind of the um, kind of the the existential, thinkings of of the clones. Yeah. You know, saying, you know when, when he says, you know, With, without the war, we wouldn't be here. Um, that stuff really fascinates me because that's their purpose, and you know, they've all they've all learned that they don't it doesn't have to be you know it shows that there's that questioning and that could lead into you know what you know the removal of the chips and stuff like that um mm-hmm. it's, it's a really cool avenue to to explore um for for a lot of the clones
0: there's tons yeah there's tons of potential there for like good exploration into like the the morality of of cloning and the ethics of war and all that stuff yeah and you Uh-oh. know and, and it remi- politics in star wars everybody oh no
2: <laughs> there's no politics in star wars shut up um <laughs> The, um, it reminded me of, um, that Clone Wars book that's coming out later in the year. And you know, I, I had tweeted that the book was coming out and there was, you know, there were responses from the authors and a few of who they're writing. And it sounds to me like those stories that are going to be in that book are going to be focused on a single character through ex- already existing arcs as opposed to completely new stories. Um, and I'm wondering if we're going to get some perspective of any one of the clones um in in that regard i think it'd be really cool to see or read
0: yeah for sure yeah the clone wars period is just so good it's it's underrated i my obviously we love it and fans saved it and brought it back but it's i think it's still underrated in terms of of uh, questions unanswered and, and further characters to go even deeper on it's just such a great series um so yeah, the last thing I'll, I'll, we'll touch on before we move on is like are, are the clones going to turn on Ahsoka because we know that she's got what the the 332nd company that that's that's sort of the uh the group that Ahsoka gifts her to go take off on, on, to deal with uh, Maul on Mandalore. So I wonder something, if something those...
2: something has to happen when when we see Maul and ahsoka kind of facing off like from a distance in that room there's somebody lying on the floor behind her
0: yeah so where the doors are closing
2: no no not that scene when you have ahsoka on one side and maul on the other
0: oh yeah yeah yeah
2: there's somebody behind her and yeah and and for her when she is when she's holding her sabers and she's kind of on that table or whatever it almost seems like she's more in a protective stance to whoever's on the on the floor Mm -hmm. um but I think she's going to she's going to have to make some choices. And that's another thing I like about what how season seven is presenting itself is that all of the emotional beats are going to be from her point of view. It's going to be very linear f- for her um, instead of, you know, kind of the way things jumped around with the way the series was before. Um, I like that she's going to be the connective tissue through all hopefully all 12 of these uh, episodes.
0: I hope so. I really do. Um yeah, I'm just, I'm really fascinated with, with that Order 66 thing and, and how it goes down for Ahsoka. I, my, my Rebels memories are fading but when when her and Rex reunite, isn't there a conversation where he mentions that he took out his chip? Like, isn't there some sort of reference to that straight from his mouth about I no. think so.
2: Yeah, he he says he did and then the other two followed suit
0: yeah gregor and wolf they all deactivated their chip is that uh, did they turn it off pre or post because we, like obviously there's that arc one of that amazing arc with is it fives yeah when he gets i mean he discovers sidious's plot Love and that. it's this close to he's that close to blowing the lid off sidious's plan and um I, I wonder like if, if the other clones, if Rex found out about the chip and if he turned it off like by choice before Order sixty six, or does he get the command and because he's Rex and it will create a great moment <clears throat> instead of just you know slavishly obe- obeying the order, does he grapple with it? I, I can't wait to see that moment. That's all I know.
2: Or, or maybe he maybe he acts on it, and Ahsoka instead of outright killing him, you know, force pushes him or something, or seduce him in the force, and that's why we see him lying on the ground. Is that he's not dead, he's unconscious, kind of thing. She,
0: she and smacked when, him upside the head.
2: Something, but when but when he comes to, there's a there's either a different realization or she hits him in you know such a way that it jars the thing loose or turns it on. You know what I mean? It, yeah,
0: yeah. It, it changes yeah. him. What Corey would lo- would love this. What if it's loophole where she says Rex, I'm not a Jedi, and he goes, Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, that's true. Okay, never mind. Sorry, Move sorry. On. Sorry about those blasters I shot at you. <laughs> that 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 would be also. I mean, it's anticlimactic, but I think it's it's possible.
1: But there is the fact that. Order 66 turns the clones against anyone who ever was a Jedi. Oh, is Okay. Because in the Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith series, the um, Farron Barr, the Iktachi dude, orders 60, does Order 66 on the clones and they turn against the Inquisitors.
0: Right, that's right. And also, uh, is it Eith Koth as well? They track him down as well. I mean, this is well after Order sixty six, but they track him down as well. Yeah, and he's like, "No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm like a priest now. Leave me alone." And they're like, "Nah, <laughs> gotta kill him too." Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. You're right, though. You're right, though, Marie. That's that's no no loophole. Sorry, Corey. Yeah, <laughs> but I wonder. if... It's like- is is the last scene of this series going to be Ahsoka and Rex kind of parting ways and faking their deaths, like we see in the Ahsoka novel, um, and then like a parting of ways until Rebels? Like, is that the way the series ends?
2: It'll be oh, it'll be her bearing her lightsabers,
0: probably right. Oh, Which is kind of weird. Oh, like it's I've always had a little bit of an issue with like adapting existing content and just presenting it different way. Like it almost feels like a waste. But I'm I mean it's it's a it's a Small moment in the book, but I think it'd be much, it deserves to be on screen. Yeah. Anyway, I am so stoked for this. I can't wait to see this. And it's it's airing weekly for those who uh, may be wondering. It's going to be one episode per week. Seems like Fridays, starting February 21st on Disney Plus. Uh, so our friends in the UK are obviously not going to get it, but. Uh, you know, oh,
3: unless you have a VPN. Well, unless,
0: I mean, they can't get it legally. <laughs> they can get it other ways which i'm i'm sure uh i'm sure that has been done especially with the mando but they got a little bit of good news because originally their date for disney plus was supposed to be march 31st but it's it's been backed up to march 24th so that's that's good news for them they'll get it a week sooner yeah yeah anyway um putting that aside can't wait for the clone wars to come back but uh, we'll stick with the clone wars Uh, But jump over to comic books, which is which is our wheelhouse here, uh, with this this crew of the Tumbling Saber. Um, We learned last week that we're going to get a weekly series by, is it Michael Morici or Morici? Rick, do you have any any input on this?
2: I've always uh, Morici. I I asked him about it. Is it Michael? Is it Morici or anything? He said, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) That's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first the first time I met him was at a book signing last year with with uh, with Isaac and I was like I uh, yeah it was that was a weird meeting his parents were there and his wife was there and like I met the whole family it was strange
0: cool I mean but he's so he's he's a fellow Chicagoan or was he on tour
2: yeah no 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 he lives um, probably about fifteen or twenty minutes away from me that's cool yeah. yeah
0: you guys should get together and play like play with your action figures and stuff.
2: You know what? We've talked about it. We, with that, <laughs> no, I'm serious. We, we met at that signing. I think it was maybe the week of celebration before celebration. And, uh, you know, my son had some of the Star Wars adventure books that he had written, uh, the, uh, tales from wild space parts in. And, uh, so Isaac kind of took over the Q and a for a little bit and was like, well, here on this page, you had the thing and the thing. And Michael's like, well, bring it up here. And like, he just, like, they just had a conversation For 10 minutes while everybody laughed um and then the monday of celebration michael and i went to the uh, the phantom menace panel together and we we talked for maybe an hour before the panel started uh just about like you know our families and our sons and stuff and swapped phone numbers and we've been in contact ever since very cool that's awesome yeah seems like a cool dude he is. He's great. We, we we were talking about, uh, he's, he has two sons. Um, we were talking about getting together to go see Rise of Skywalker at some point, which hasn't happened. He's extremely busy. He's writing, he's writing like, I don't know, a dozen comic books or something. And he's got, you know, others that he's, you know, mapping out. And so he's got a, a lot, uh, he wrote, uh, for Marvel. He wrote a, a beta Ray bill, uh, one shot for Marvel. That came out um, a little over a month ago. So yeah, he's 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 making waves in comics, and it's it's really cool to see because he's a really nice guy.
0: Yeah, and it's you know I've been following him on social media for a couple of years now, and it's it you can yeah, really see too this too guy kind of nice. come up from not from nothing, but you know he's he's come a long way in the last two three years. You know, and mm-hmm. even even his own novels with the uh, the Black Star Renegades and mm-hmm, the follow up to which that. Are great. Yeah, I've I've done a poor job of of reading those books, but I will get to them. Uh, yeah, it's it's good to see that guy getting rewarded with with more Star Wars. I mean, it's great. But anyway, like we're we're sitting here. I know that I, I talked to Marie about this last week. Like we're in the midst of like two weeks <laughs> without new comics. And it's like what is going on here? What's with this break? Uh... But I mean, they're gonna make up for it. Uh, I guess starting next week, but really in April, we're gonna start getting really plowed. Um, yep, a five part. So the, this Clone War series uh, that. Being done by Michael Morisi, it's a uh, it's a five part weekly anthology series called Star Wars Adventures: The Clone Wars Battle Tales, and it's kind of like in the spirit of of Castle Vader, and that's coming from IDW Comics. And Derek Charm is on art, and his, it's so his style is so fitting for Clone Wars. I can't wait to see this. But here's the quote from the news piece: uh, "The Clone Wars era is probably my favorite in all of Star Wars." It has it all. Big adventure, sweeping romance, forced mytholo- mythology, Jedi powers, and of course, the awesome clones. This event series is going to bring together the, all the best evergreen parts of Star Wars and weave a story that longtime fans like myself and new younger fans uh, like my own kids will definitely love. So, uh, how do we feel about this, guys? Rick, I'm, I'll come to you first on this one. You must love this. You, especially with Isaac being a big fan, Like you must be super stoked for this.
2: I am. I'm. I'm thrilled. I'm. I'm. Obviously, I want more Clone Wars content, but I'm happy for him because I know he really enjoys writing Star Wars. Um, but I knew he had tweeted out right after the um, after the tw- after the trailer dropped. He had tweeted out uh, something. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. Good podcasting, and there it is. Uh, he said, "Glad you all like Clone Wars news so much. Just saying, for no reason at all. New no reason? Nope. <laughs> New." Nope. And it was a get. It was a gif of uh, of two of the clones. But he deleted it right away, and I saw it and I was kind of hmm. And I shot him a text and was like, "Hey, what's going on?" And he was like, "Can't say anything, but stay tuned." And when the when the announcement dropped uh, the following day. I right away I texted him and I was just like, you know, just congratulations. And yeah, Isaac's all aboard. You know, all on board for it. I told him about it after work on Thursday, I think that was. And yeah, he's pretty stoked for it. And yeah, and that artwork. I it it's weird to say, it like it looks like the animation. It's almost like they took it and turned it into like a two D drawing, uh, in, in a way. It's perfect. It looks like yeah, great. I'm really yeah. It it's a I believe it's a five issue miniseries in in april um so who knows if it's successful kind of same but like with uh with mater's castle you know it can turn into you know a returning thing that they come back to periodically which would be great to see
0: totally michelle you in for this yeah
3: i'm really excited because i i love michael and i think he's great and i'm so excited for him Um, And I just, I'm excited to read anything he's writing. And I love supporting my friends, like, who write. And so, like, getting to support them in something, like, you're excited to read is always fun. Because, like, a lot of the time I feel like I'm reading, I'm reading my friends' books or, like, people that I become friendly with. And I'm, like, fingers crossed. I hope that I like it. Like, because you really want to, like, like.
0: Yeah, like You were going to read this anyway. So. friends,
3: You know, yeah, I was totally going to read this. Like, I'm just I read anything like I always support people I become friendly with. Like, I always like buy their books and like gift their books to other people. And like, I love supporting my friends. So like, it's great because I'm excited for him because I know he's so excited. And, um, you know, like he's a great writer. And um Like his whole uh, own novel series, like the Black Star Renegades, like they're inspired by Star Wars. So, like, as someone who is a writer, like you always have properties that are properties that you wish you could write for. Like every writer that I interview for my book blog or anything, like you always ask them, like, are there are there inter intellectual properties that exist that you would love to write for that you know. We want to like put out in the universe and like people will a lot of people will say star wars and um so i'm excited for people who get to like have that come true because it's really awesome to get that opportunity well, I, remember, um, I remember when yeah.
0: he uh when he first kind of cracked that egg and he finally got into doing star wars comics and he was i remember his instagram mm-hmm. post and he was so emotional it was it was yeah. great to read like To see a guy is so grateful for finally getting that opportunity that he'd only really dreamed about, but worked definitively for.
1: Yeah.
3: And it's like really great, like to write comics written by people who really care because, you know, they're going to write great content because, you know, that it matters to them. So, like, I'm excited for this because I know how much it matters to him. To, for this to be good and like how awesome and cool of an opportunity it is and like you know when people appreciate that like they're going to produce great content so like I'm just really excited to read it because I know it's going to be awesome and the art looks great and um the covers are awesome uh, I think they're by Charm I think is the person who drew, yeah. drew, drew them the artist yeah. Um, and they're they look awesome. So I'm really excited oh, yeah. to to read it.
0: Maria, yeah. <clears throat> Maria I know that you probably you you read everything. So I know that you're yes. in for this too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I'm really excited that it's another story within a story kind of setup because that worked really well for me with Tales from Vader's Castle and the Galaxy's Edge mm-hmm. series. Um, both of those being stories within stories. And I also really love what IDW and Star Wars Adventures has done for canon connectivity. Just connecting everything. Like Tales from Vader's Castle, the main character of the framing story was Lena Graff from the Adventures in Wild Space Jr. novel series. And I love that stuff. So I'm really hoping that this has some of that crazy... Connectivity in it.
0: I would be surprised if it didn't. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I I love it so much. I I love what you said about story within a story that is so true. And it's it's IDW is just so perfect when it comes to getting that like light-hearted tone. Like even when they yeah. did the um, Tales from Vader's Castle, and it's supposed to clearly be horror, but you're still like yeah. grinning ear to ear because it's so cute and it's so it's so fun. And I I. I I'm hoping oh, yeah. that I hope we get that with the series and I'm, I'm really thrilled for for Michael. So, definitely in for this and um looking forward to April.
4: Yay!
0: But also <laughs> another another character that we all kind of love. Um a new Afra hmm. series which we knew about, but Alyssa Wong her second volume yeah. of Dr. Afra is also coming sometime in April. I am I never got super deep I into do do Afra. Do do
2: <laughs> Cannot do I do wait.
0: <laughs> I mean, Af- Afra is, like this is a character who talk about like a character who's endured. Like she's been around for a few years now. Oh, yeah. Introduced in like what uh, Darth Vader issue three, mm-hmm. and her popularity has like she's she's sort of stood out in that series. Spun out into her own. Her popularity has has only grown. She's like won polls for like uh, fan votes for, for you know. Let's which action figure do you want, Afra? So I mean, this character has yeah just grown in popularity by leaps and bounds. Um, and I, you, it makes me wonder if at some point, like, is like you know t- to the point where you know certain we we know that Lucasfilm sort of says, uh eh, not this character can't touch. I, I wonder what the uh, but the deal is with Afra for other media is it sort of like nope, can't have her because there's big plans for her like in other media like a game or even live action or animation. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm super stoked and I, but I'm not as up to date on Afra as I assume the the three of you are. So uh, I'm going to stay quiet and let uh let you tell me and everybody else who's not gotten fully into Afro why this is awesome news. So Marie, what's, uh, what's to look forward to with Afro volume two. What are you expecting?
1: Um, well, I thought it was really interesting that she put together another crew because at the end of the last, um, the previous series, she pretty much it was like she swore herself off of people and she was going to go do her own thing by herself and be Mm -hmm. alone because she was almost punishing herself. And then now she has a big crew of people. So that's really interesting. But, um, I don't know what happened to, I guess these, the rings of veil, um, brought that on. Um, but, it sounds like a really interesting bunch. Like a fascinating group of people. Mm-hmm. And Black is back. And that makes me excited. So. I I think it'll be really great. And one thing that I did think of. Is that. The way it's set up. Where there's the ancient artifact. She's trying to make the big score. It could have. Gone. A been there. Done there route but with all this stuff around the rings of veil vale, the planet of ash the hold the fact that they supposedly hold an entire city in their thrall the potential mm-hmm. for insanity if you come into possession of it and then introducing a descendant of tag so you've got all these potential connections with the original Darth Vader long run series and the Tarkin novel with a relative of tag. So there's lots of potential for, uh, connections.
0: For, yeah. That was one of the, of the Afra that I did read. Like there was always like little tiny references and connections to, to elsewhere in Canon. But one of the, like one of the big things with Afra was that she sort of got away from Darth Vader. Like he, he was sort of, she was, I don't, I don't what what was the way to describe her relationship to vader like what like she was she was she was sort of like uh almost was it like can you can we say like a private eye for darth vader yeah yeah i mean that's that's kind of the sense i got but after a while she like she didn't want to work for him anymore so she kind of like she faked her death as well and he thought she was dead And let it go for a while, but then he learned that she was still alive. Is that correct? Yes. And then he's, I don't know if he's, did he, did did that bother him? Did he kind of set out to go just set that record straight or just take her out? He ended up in... Oh, go ahead.
1: I was
2: going to say, I thought it, it became like a back burner thing for him because he had other bigger things he was dealing with.
1: Yeah, he kind of took her under his employee again. to help him find the rebels
2: yeah she but in in the last parts of the uh her this comic series that just ended she was very comically antagonistic to vader and it's it's amazing how much she managed to get away with without him just oh yeah crushing her skull with the force
1: (laughs) he was in this like force field created by the force in this temple that kept him from attacking her so it it, but yeah it was crazy like the thing she said and it was like oh my gosh if he wasn't in that sacred space like you would be dead
0: yeah I mean where where are you at with, with Aphra Michelle I know. I know that you love the character too.
3: I love Afra so much. I'm so excited. I'm just very excited. Period.
0: Does anybody Everything. know Alyssa Wong from any other work?
3: Um, I forgot what she wrote. Didn't I write it down somewhere? Um, I thought I wrote down all she's worked on. I can't remember.
0: All right. So I mean, it's probably a no. <laughs>
3: For... i don't remember <laughs> what she's
0: wrote written but i, I love her take um, on the character like i, I love that she yeah like she knows that you know Afra's this good for nothing scoundrel but she she does have that uh that deep down there's that heart of gold and like she's out for herself and um you know that, that kind of motivates her decisions but Deep down, sometimes she will kind of pull her back, herself back from the edge and, and do the right thing for a change. Yep. Anyway, I'm I'm super excited for this. I might this might be the time for me to jump on the Afro train. But uh, we'll see, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it, though.
4: You should.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I it... can't believe you. H- hashtag fake fan.
0: Uh, you know. <laughs> Big fake fan. <laughs> But there's, I mean, there's so much coming, right? There's there's the main line, which is going to be going crazy by that point. Uh, a bounty hunter series. Um, what else we got? Vader will be going on at that point. Yeah. There's going to be, there's going to be a, lots of, the IDW stuff will be going on at that point. There's going to be like five titles that month alone. Yep. It's going to be a busy month. April's so, going to crush us.
3: So I pulled up what, um what Alyssa wong has written and she apparently has won a locust award a nebula award and a world fantasy award for her short fiction so she's written some short stories that have won some awards and she has also previously written for blizzard entertainment on overwatch which i believe is a comic or a video game Based on a comic or something, and she also has a solo comic, Luna Snow, out from Marvel. So, she's wow. mostly written short stories in fantasy and sci-fi, and also has written comics.
0: Before cool. she is, written. Mean, she sounds like or, I mean, I've, I've not I've not heard her name before or read her work, but I know <laughs> she of, sounds but very she's, accomplished. Yeah, but, for sure. And it's um, always great to get new talent into the stable because who knows. Who knows what they can do with that talent later, right? Like when you look at something like Project Luminous and, you know, who would have thought two years ago that Charles Soule and, and Claudia Gray and Kevin Scott and all these powerhouses that were doing their own things then would be kind of teamed up to do this hugely important project. So by all means, keep bringing in the Alyssa Wongs and, and I appreciate
3: having like Asian women as writers um, Just as an Asian woman, <laughs> it's nice to have other Asian women writers also writing, like Dr. Afra. Yeah, you know,
0: for, nice. for sure, because I mean, Afra is sort of coded as as an Asian woman, right? Yes, she is. <clears throat> so that's no, that's that is good. That's appropriate. That, I'm glad they're doing it. We so. claim her. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, so that's it for the comic news this week that I that I, that I could see, but um, let's get into the this big issue of Rise of Kylo Ren number two. Remember this when the solicits went out for this a couple months ago, people saw the cover, and Twitter just melted down. Absolute meltdown on Twitter about the cover, and seeing Luke and, and, and young Ben Solo fighting with the Knights of Ren, it was nuts. But this was a great issue. So we'll do the same thing as we did with um, with uh, our our trailer chat from before, I'll, Marie. I'll come to you first. Something that uh, jumped out to you about this issue?
1: Um. So the fact that Snoke is so loving and caring and nurturing and sweet to Kyle to Ben and um what does that say about his relationship with his parents if they weren't able to give him that and that's like did they expect too much of him and he claims that by revolting against his namesake obi-wan um he obviously despises his father saying that like even his last name is a lie and so I wrote Um, this Ben really is a lost and alone little boy at this point, desperately reaching out for connection.
0: Yeah, he's just not fine. It's weird because it seems like people love him, but he just wasn't getting what he needed. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. Uh, Rick, what's something f- that jumped out to you? I, and that, I mean, I don't want to gloss over that, but that I mean, that line really did stand out where he. I hate Kenobi. Like I hate my name. Like I never even met Ben Kenobi and Solo. Yep. That's a lie too. Like that's that's a big moment in in Kylo Ren's yeah. canonical history. But Rick, what's yeah, that was that one of you? my
1: favorite beats
0: for sure.
2: Um, I don't know. I've got very mixed feelings about this series. You know, there was a lot of hype for it, and we saw that you know the story it came out. It was like the highest selling comic book of the year for whatever huge distributor that was, uh, issue one. <laughs> there's,
0: there's yeah.
2: only one, whatever, whoever the <laughs> hell is. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of waiting for this series to grab me and it's, I know it's only two issues in and the thing is there's only two more, two more issues. Yeah. And I don't, I and it's one of those things where I always try to temper my expectations, but you know, having Charles soul's name involved and knowing what he's capable of, as far as writing is concerned. Um, the series as of yet halfway through, it's kind of, it's just, it's not doing it for me yet. And I, I I'm disappointed in myself for feeling that way. No, oh,
0: Rick. Go easy no, I
2: am yourself, because,
4: bud.
2: no, because I, because I, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted this to be something that as of yet, it's not for me. I don't. And, and Kyle, you and I have talked about this and, you know, kind of offline and whatever. I get the idea that that Ben Solo had to live under the shadow of his parents, and that he was always grasping for an identity. And to me, and it's it's a very somber thought about him, and something that went through the rest of his life. And you know, you know, now we know how it ends. But um, to me, Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, was always defined by what he's not. And that's got to be a really hard thing for, especially a boy, who what he's thirteen or fourteen or fifteen or whatever at this point in the story, um, to deal with the the expectation that you're not the legacy that your parents set up, and it's got to be really hard for him. And it's why it would make sense for him to, you know, to reach out to, yeah. I don't know, the ugliest dude in the galaxy, I suppose. I don't know. It's weird that he went that way. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, you know, I mean, his parents basically sent him to military school, you know, and, you know, Uncle Luke doesn't know how to handle him. He's afraid of him, you know, it it seems, or he's unprepared to deal with uh, whatever power he's sensing in Ben. But then also the fact that he's a family member. You know, like when you, it's it's like a weird thing. I mean, I don't know, like Kyle, you and I, we have, we have kids and, you know, like my brother has a daughter and like, it's, it would be weird for me to discipline my niece if she did something wrong. And Luke went as far as to having that thought of maybe almost killing this kid.
4: Yeah. Um,
2: (laughs) It's, it's a, but it's, it's a weird, and not to say that Luke probably offered him any leniencies. He might've been that much harder on him because he was a Skywalker solo and because he was his nephew and because he had seen the things within his own family and kind of what kind of the more tragic uh, legacy that that could have led to. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Maybe he was hard on him. I don't know, but yeah, there's, there's some things in, in the series so far that I'm not, I'm having a hard time with. Like the first thing, and this is completely superficial and it's dumb, but uh, Snoke's hat looks like it looks like, <laughs> it, it looks like so a. it looks funny. like a. it looks like a Mexican concha which is like a bread it's like a Mexican bread um and I can't so like that's what I every time I see it I'm like why is this dude have a concha on his head it doesn't make any goddamn sense I
0: thought he was a running um, back for the 1920 Packers <laughs>
2: <laughs> whatever it is it, it's a very odd design choice and every time I see it, it kind of it takes me out a little bit what I did like about this though uh, specifically in this issue is um when the Knights of Ren, well two things when the Knights of Wren find them in that big cash room where they you know, all of these artifacts are found and Luke is not fighting them he's defending himself against them as he's taunting them um at no point does he like land like any like real blows and like hurt anybody um that and also the connective tissue Marie going back to uh, the Vader series and when they mention um jocasta news
1: yes
2: um a kind of little little hidden library that luke finds uh, at the end of that that one book that we never go back to uh and i believe her that lightsaber rifle like there's another one in this room uh that she uses because i know the one that she had it, it was destroyed but it looks like there's another one yeah uh in uh what is it El, elf elf frona El, yeah, it looks like there's another one of those lightsaber rifles that's there, which is really cool to see. And I mean, it only makes sense. It's it's Charles Soule, you know, he he did the last stuff with with Joe Castanou, but um, yeah, no, it, Luke Luke's fight with the Knights of Ren, and it it's almost kind of surprising that um, that Kylo Ren later on, much later on, when he sees Luke and as a, a more defensive fighter on crate, he saw exactly that same kind of fighting with the Knights of Ren years and years earlier. And it just pissed him off that much more on crate.
0: I love that. That I think that was my favorite thing about that issue was just to see like that fully confident Luke Skywalker standing in there against all six or seven Knights of Ren. And it's just like, like he wrecks them. You just, all right. I mean, he doesn't, he, he doesn't kill them, but they don't do anything to Luke. And he's just like, can we just skip to the part where you guys leave here crying? I love that. Like he's,
2: yeah, he's taunting them the whole, he's humiliating them the whole time.
0: He clowns them in the same way that he clowns Kylo on crate. He does it tenfold to the Knights of Ren. He's mm. just toying with them and they just, they can't touch him. It's, it's, it was good to see. It was finally good to see that Luke doing that because you know, people always wanted to see like Luke destroying things and being like the, the, the mighty Jedi. That was never his M.O. And I love that they continued with that here. It's just, yeah, he'll fight, he'll trash talk you. It's, it's he he's, but he's, he's going to embarrass you into defeat. And I, I love that. But what I did find interesting though, like, the Knights of Ren were already there, like at that temple. This, this temple in like the unknown regions. And it's like, did so on the way there ben is having this telepathic commu- uh, conversation with snoke did mm. ben tell snoke where they were going and then snoke dispatched the knights of ren to confront them there like i don't know how they got there or what they're doing there it's very bizarre to me anyway michelle what uh what stood out to you for the in this issue
4: um,
3: to me, like, the most important, like, I've been, I, I've been having, like, a similar experience to Rick with this run. I feel like I am, um, I don't know, I'm, like, waiting for it to be Vader, uh, it just, like, that level of... I don't know, over, like overwhelming amazement, where I just like feel like I don't know what it is. I, I maybe it's just that the art isn't my favorite for this run. Like I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I just am not feeling the art of the rise of Kylo Ren as much as I felt the art of Vader. Um, I don't know, but um, for me. My favorite part of The Rise of Kylo yeah. Ren really was that character beat of of Ben Solo um, where he resents his name and the people he's named after, which I thought was very interesting and very complex and like added kind of like a depth, a, an extra depth of layer to like, I don't know, like what we got from the movie and just... Uh, the the kind of like that was like the story beat I had been waiting for like for the entirety of like Ben Solo and like Kylo Ren of like him actually saying like I resent like Ben Kenobi and and like my father his name like it's not Solo isn't even his name and it's like he gave me this fake name and he's fake like I was waiting for that moment because like I assumed that's how he felt but like until this moment you don't really like see him voice it really like this is him saying it verbatim so um I felt that that was pretty interesting yeah, um that's a big one. to me to me that was the most interesting thing about this number two I I just which I mean it's a little I, I'm a little I don't know if it's just that I'm confused or like it's the art that's throwing me off or uh, that I had this very big expectation for this comic, but I feel like now that we've seen the movie, like I don't know, like it feels anticlimactic. I, yeah, Yeah, it,
2: it almost seems like it would have been better if this series came out yeah well in advance Star- for one hundred percent.
3: Like I just feel that now that the movie's out, I just feel like eh like like every time I read it I'm like excited and then I read it and it's like that comic sound of like like or like in Seinfeld it's like (laughs) like (laughs) uh, like, I'm so disappointed I think it would would have been well-served
0: to come out before Rise of Skywalker, for sure.
3: Yeah. I would have been so much more excited about the series if I hadn't already seen the movie. I just feel like the movie kind of negates or, like, does it kind of, like, I don't know, like, moot points a lot of this stuff. And so, like, I feel like these comics are adding more depth to, like, the Kylo Ben Solo that we've seen in the movies so i felt like that character beat added more depth to kylo ren for me and so like i felt like that beat was really interesting
4: mm-hmm.
3: um and i felt like that was worth the story but like i mean it was like a page it wasn't like the best thing in the world like it was just like a scene like
0: well, I don't know. Maybe SNL
3: uh, from, uh, This SNL from this weekend was probably more eventful. Oh,
0: that was so good. <laughs> so good. Uh,
2: be, it's, fu- yeah. it's funny. You, it's funny. You say that because the, the character of Ren, when he takes off his. That helmet and he kind of looks like Jeffrey Epstein. And then last <laughs> night,
0: oh my last God. night, Adam
2: Driver <laughs> played <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. Yes, in the Jeffrey
0: Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm all out of cash. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do it like this. Oh, man, I'm all out of cash. I was <laughs> losing it um, <laughs> Marie what if you what else have you got on this issue
1: um, I thought it was really interesting how in the first issue we get to Snoke's I call it his space station that is filled with plants oh and it's like this weird like natural full of life and then in this issue, you see all the skeletons and bones everywhere. And it's like, oh, it's not actually a plant-filled space station. It's a space station of death.
0: Yeah, I, I wanted <laughs> to bring this this place up. Like, it's, it's kind of like his botanical garden in space. But now, yeah, you're right. Like, There's, like, all these dead bodies in it that he may or may not have had a part in. But, like, yeah. When you look at, like, this setting, which to me was a shock, like, what is he doing there? And then you you see him in The Last Jedi, he's in this, like, you know, the the very stark, austere surroundings of the First Order. Like, that is such a massive difference in environments. And that choice has to be intentional. And I don't know what it means. I don't know what it's saying.
1: Well, it, it probably served to... Bring Kylo, bring Ben into his clutches. Like, look at me. I'm surrounded by beautiful plants and life.
0: I'm a gardener. I I'm must not be a good
1: person. Yeah, and, hey, that's it. But then he says, like, in this issue, the people who built it were trying to hold back the dark. That was the entire point. To create an oasis of light here in the Great Shadows. You see how well it worked. You see what denying the nature of things brought them. So it's like he's slowly <laughs> kind of changing his story.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, the, I, manip- yeah, the mind manipulation of, here, right?
2: Yeah, it kind of says something too. Assuming that Snoke is literally Palpatine commandeering a body. You know what I mean? Like if he's, you know, you know, he, he's he's you know the literal puppet master to Snoke's shell um you know palpatine grew up on a very lush and beautiful place you know he's from naboo
1: yeah yeah and
2: you know and then we see where he ends up you know surrounded by technology and it's very you know kind of the same way snoke was too but so it, it's it's that mirroring thing that we've heard about in star wars before that he would be surrounded by you know something seemingly very beautiful and natural and it just kind of deteriorates in front of your eyes and turns into some mechanical horror later on
0: yeah and well to to that point rick like he says in in this issue like i was not born snoke i became snoke and that that's a very interesting line in light of rise of skywalker like is this guy is is he a marionette puppet like for palpatine like does palpatine speak through this guy or did palpatine make snoke and then release him into the wild and you know just with like this base level programming to do his bidding but he's like he has his own agency to do what he wants. Like I still don't know. I don't know. Right. I I don't know what that's about. Like, is do you guys have a take? Like, is it is it a puppet or is it just this minion that will eventually do what Palpatine wants anyway?
2: It could go either way, and yeah. I, I would be fine with it. I don't. I don't know if I have a preference, and and either way would make sense.
0: I think so. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's still open-ended enough, and I, I, to me, like, Snoke is still so, I don't want to say meaningless, but I don't care about Snoke (laughs) at all. So whatever (laughs) choice they made, okay, whatever. You know, I, I like, one thing, another thing I loved in this was, um, which we knew about, this was part of solicitations, but, um, the mention of the High Republic era, which, which was, you know, mentioned as part of that report. As uh, sort of the setting for the next group of movies, so that sort of lends more credibility to that. It was cool to see that in print finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick, anything yeah. else for you?
2: Um, from this issue specific. Oh yeah, um the the ship that Luke is piloting. That's kind of a weird mashup of an X wing and a Y wing and maybe a B wing. Yeah. Um, who what, was it that uh, Phil, Phil Sostak earlier in the week or on uh, maybe another artist, I guess that the, the concept for that ship design was something that they were going to use for, was it Rogue One, but they ended up not using it and it was repurposed for the series.
0: That's so cool. Um, yeah, that like,
2: was, really th- was like, that was, that was like, that was a painting, like, you know, concept art, but it, and it was shown the way it is in the comic book, it's shown kind of like from the front left, I guess that painting was from the front right that they showed so that was really cool i like that they repurpose that and it's such an oddly designed ship too but it works
0: star wars has the weirdest ships that would never get off the ground <laughs> in any type of test but it's they're so weird and it's so star wars so star wars uh michelle you got anything else not really <laughs> nah. how about you marie I, I got a couple things so i'm letting you guys sound off um i have
1: one last thing um I am questioning where does Snoke stand in the first order at this point? Because he gets a call from Brendel Hux, who at this point, obviously, Phasma and Armitage haven't killed him yet. So Brendel's still General Hux and is He's calling Snoke. So is Snoke the supreme leader? Or is Snoke an officer? Or an advisor? Like, what is is he? Big question. That's a
0: great question. I I didn't even think of that. I have no idea. Because you don't hear anybody really address Snoke by any type of rank. Yeah. And like, if
1: he if he was Supreme leader, is he keeping that from Ben?
0: Yeah. Cause he, he just blows off the call from Huck. So he's like, yeah, you know, right. you're not my only friend, Ben. Right. So yeah, he, he obviously, I don't think he wants him to know anything about his connection to the first order yet. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I,
2: I do have some, I do have something else from the book. When they show the outside of the, um the temple on Elfrona, the um, the big giant sculptures that are out there are very reminiscent of Jeddah. Yeah. So it makes me think that if this High Republic thing turns out to be true, if Elfrona is a place that we'll see in that new series, and if we'll see Jeddah more in its prime at some point in that series as well,
0: that'd be cool. I'd, I'd be definitely down to revisit those locations. Although I thought, It'd be, for some reason, I it, thought Jeddah was abandoned like way before in favor of Coruscant. Maybe I'm I'm just mixing up a bunch of stuff.
2: Just as the site of like a a temple or something, because there's those big giant Jedi statues that are fallen over. And the one looks very similar to the one holding the lightsaber uh, in the comic book. Even I don't think it's actually, it could be, isn't it that fallen statue holding up the lightsaber on the ground? It could be the same, you know, ancient
0: Jedi. Yeah. Maybe it's a, it's a Jedi that we'll eventually learn about, become a central figure in one of these film franchises. Um, one one of the things that, I, first of all, like the, the, this whole the whole backstory of this issue, the flashback story, it's the exact thing. Like you guys have heard me pining about this forever. Like I want to see Luke, Lor Santeca, and young Ben Solo on an adventures together, like digging up Jedi lore. And they and Charles Soule of all people put this on the page for me. And it was of course it was really short, but it's obviously something that uh, obviously Lucasfilm's thought about and hopefully we get more of that kind of thing yeah that's it's it's such potential there for a while i thought project luminous could be that with those three traveling the galaxy learning about jedi stuff um all right last thing i wanted to mention was just the uh the uh, ren the actual leader of the knights of ren at that point who's this he's this good-looking dude Middle-aged guy, good-looking dude with a flowing, fl- nice head of lettuce on top of his head, like, <laughs> but but like, fifth-degree burns <laughs> all over his body, like, and he points out that the dark side isn't Ben too; it's in all of us, uh, and then he just sort of straight up offers Ben a different path and drops his mask as a, as a calling card, and this I you know that that's obviously struck a chord with Luke, and he's just like. Yeah, get at it. Like, it's time for you to go. And he's like, yeah, okay, we're out of here. But job done. Like, they planted that seed in Ben for sure. And then we, you yep. we flash forward back to the uh, back to the current timeline. And Ben is now on that planet. He's returned to that Jedi Temple. He picks up that mask, which has been sitting there all those years. And uh, puts it on. Has a Skype call with with Ren. And he says to uh, come meet us on Vanrak. that's kind of where the issue ends with Ben about to go head out the door and he stopped by those three Padawans who uh, confronted or tried to stop Ben in issue one. So uh, Ben's looks like Ben's going to have maybe his first three kills in the next issue, but it's going to muddy the waters, right? It's going to be like, well, he had no choice. It's self-defense. You know, he did nothing wrong. We're still in this place where he did nothing wrong. And he he was just <laughs> it was a misunderstanding. He's protecting himself. So I mean, it's it's it, think if you're not interested yet in this series, it might take that turn in issue three. At least it better.
2: <laughs> you know, I, w- I wanted to say about the uh, the mask helmet that uh, that Ren wears. It reminded me a lot of um, Darth Bane. Where I'm wondering if whatever this mask thing is made of, it's suppressing the kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of the, the gray scale that Ren has from, you know, going up over his face.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Cause in, in, in the Bane trilogy, uh, he ends up covered in, I forget exactly what it is, but then he, he has to wear this weird mask helmet grid thing to prevent it from covering the rest of his head and his face. So I'm wondering if th- this Ren was aware of that. And this thing was basically keeping him alive. And by taking off the mask and leaving it there, it then opened up the slot for Ben to become Kylo Ren and take over. If this was a plan that Snoke had at some point.
0: Only time will tell. I, I hope. Yeah. I, I like that. I hope issues three and four sort of get into that. By the end of it, he's got to be the leader, right? Which probably means yeah. take taking out Ren himself. Um, last yeah. thing, like, a line from luke where he says uh, i am the last jedi but not for long as he looks over at ben and i thought that was just so devastating like mm. luke f- he fully believed in his nephew with all the like misgivings and apprehensions he might have about his nephew and the darkness and you know being part of the skywalker lineage he fully thought that ben was going to be a jedi and it's i find it so sad that it all just i mean i find it intriguing and great uh, for storytelling it's so sad for the character that it all just fell apart for him yeah anyway that's uh that's gonna do it for issue two of rise of kylo ren um issue three is out i, I you know what i don't even know it's gotta be pretty fun on the, the 12th Oh well, thank you rick <laughs> there we go yeah. february 12th that's coming that's coming pretty quick Anyway, that's, uh, that's, that'll do it for this chat, and that'll do it for for this week, for this episode of the podcast. We are out of here. Uh, if you want to be part of the podcast, you can send us your feedback, your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com, and we'll sort that out in a future episode. Uh, if you want to help us out, share this podcast with your friends, leave us a review on iTunes, and uh, consider becoming a powerful friend on Patreon. You can check that out, what we're doing there at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. And let's give a shout-out to Rob Wade from Talk Star Wars and from Emotionally14.com. He endorses this episode and all episodes of Tumbling Saber, as as well as a few other great podcasts as part of the E14-endorsed program, which you can learn more about at Emotionally14.com. And finally, be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Uh, You can learn more about the network at StarWarsCommonwealth.com. Or you can look us up on iTunes as a podcast provider. It'll link you to all, all eight shows under the Star Wars Commonwealth umbrella. And everybody's doing some fantastic work these days. Um, so yeah, check that out. So with all that out of the way, Michelle, what are you up to? Where can we find you on social media?
3: Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at tediously underscore brief. And you can also find me on Facebook at Michelle Grandine, and you can find me on Instagram and my book blog and all of my books and comics and all of those things on um, my bookstagram, which is at Traveling Book Nerds on Instagram. Um, And I'm also on Goodreads if you want to know what I'm reading and what I thought because I recently... I've been reading a lot of uh, the Dr. Afro comics again, and I'm also just read the Luke Skywalker manga and I read the Lost Stars mangas. So I am going to review those all over there so you can look me up um, on Goodreads. Well, post, post and... your
0: reviews in the uh, the Tumbling Saber group. Do that oh, for sure. Oh, okay. I, I, I want yeah. to
3: I'll, I'll I'll post my links uh, in the Facebook group so you can find me through there. Um And what else? Oh, um, as I plugged in the beginning of this episode, um, I am starting my uh, own podcast about a reality show called Terrace House, which was named um, sixth of uh, Time magazines out of top top 10 TV shows on TV right now. Um, I think in 2018. Um, Anyway, it's great. You should totally watch it. Um, and then you should tune in. Uh, we're going to start uh, releasing podcast episodes in February. So um, if you're interested, uh, catch up now and then um, you can watch along with us. So and what that's you're um, saying at Terrace is... oh, okay,
0: Stout. At so... Terrace Stout. <laughs> what you're saying, Michelle, terraced is you're out. not busy at all.
3: No, I'm not <laughs> busy at all. Honestly. Not at all. And <laughs> <laughs> still trying to read a lot. My goal this year my goal for my 2020 book read challenge is to read a hundred books. Um, and technically like treat paperbacks count to me as a book. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't count for some people, but to me they do. So, um, yeah. I've been reading a lot of comics this month, but I'm like three books ahead of schedule. So I'm really nice. Excited. Nine books so far. Very nice.
0: Yeah. And Rick over to you, man. Thanks for joining us this, this week. Uh, where can people find you if they want to, if they want to keep in touch with you?
2: Well, Kyle, doing my best, Corey. (laughs) You can find me on Facebook in our totally chill, totally safe, totally fun, Tumbling Saver closed group where I am reading all the posts that Corey does not put up (laughs) because he's a lurker (laughs) and he can loophole his way into saying he's a part of the group and all he's doing is spying on everybody else. On top of that, you can find me. Uh, guest hosting from time to time on the Drunken Menace podcast. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Podcast Menace. And you can find me on Twitter at Cad Bounty.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And Rick, again, thank you. Thank, thanks for joining us this week, man. We're going to, I think we should do this again.
2: Um, well, whenever you decide to, you know, clear the pile of laundry and <laughs> let me come out again, I, I would be most <laughs> grateful, sir.
0: Awesome. Awesome, uh, you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram, and you can also join us in the aforementioned Facebook group. Uh, and that's gonna do it, everybody. Thank you so much what for about listening. Me? Oh, sorry, Maria. Jeez, Marie, I'm sorry. Jeez, <laughs> oh, my God.
4: <laughs>
1: um. So hi. Um. You can <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Alia Morgan. And I have a review blog where I review TV shows, Star Wars TV shows and um, comic books and books. I'm all caught up on the comics. I'm all caught up on Resistance. And tonight is the series finale. And I'm not going to be able to see it because I don't have, well, I- I'll watch it tomorrow on Amazon. But anyway, that'll be up there. Um, so I'm all caught up. I'm super excited. going to start. Being a little more on schedule with those things, um, and that is at the Star Wars Review. Blogspot.com. And then I'll also write some reviews and other articles for Beyond the
0: look at, look at all the contents coming out of here, it's amazing. And I'm sorry, Marie, I can't believe I, I did that. <laughs> God, damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. You got my coordinates. You know where to find me. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next week in another episode of the Tumblr Saber podcast. And until then, may the force be with you.
4: Static draws me closer. Willing me through my dreams, fall away signs blindly to the lines on your face be strong.